0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly.
2: Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about do you have a lack of passion for your job? And what do you do about that? Joining me today is Colin Wilford. He's a career planning expert and counselor. Welcome to the show, Colin.
3: Thank you. Nice to be here.
2: We've had a lot of this, I think, this last year. People lost their jobs or were laid off, furloughed uh, in the last year. And people may be like, wow, the career I had maybe isn't where I want to go, but I don't know what else to do. So now they're going back to their jobs and they're just not happy. They don't have that passion for it anymore. How do people deal with that? Like, what do they do when they realize, eh, I don't want to do this anymore?
3: Well, firstly, it's been quite a crazy time. I've, I've seen so many people um, do some really weird things and make some strange decisions over the past year and a half, especially with, uh, having to work from home or be in isolation. And um, COVID certainly has tested all of us um, in terms of are we really happy doing what we're currently doing? Or, you know, do we need to make some life changes? It's almost like, A lot of people have gone through a bit of a midlife crisis um, having been subjected to all the stresses of COVID. But getting back to your question, um, you know, passion for what you're doing is such an important topic. And um, I believe it it stems back to even before you take on a job. And um, let me just briefly explain what I mean by that. Um, When we we assess people for um, their suitability for a certain role or a certain profession, one of the, the key factors we actually test or measure is, is interest and passion. So what blows your hair back is a nice term I like to use. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a scary statistic that um, more than 54% that are currently in the workplace are actually doing jobs that they don't really like doing. But they do it because it pays the bills and it um, you know, gets them through the month and it uh, gives them a career to focus on. And so, um, you know, even before they take on a role, it's important to discover what my individual passion is. But there are so many reasons why people lose interest or become less passionate about what they're doing. And and we can get into that if you want to. But certainly it's uh, an important topic and an important area.
2: Well, I'm surprised the number is still so high that 54% of people just are not liking their jobs that much or at least don't have a passion for it. I know the previous generation to my own, people stayed in a career pretty much throughout their lifetime. It was just, it was expected and it didn't matter if you didn't like it or not. You just did it. And people didn't even realize maybe they were unhappy because of of their job. I know my stepfather had that. I don't think I ever saw him happy growing up in the household. I just don't think he really enjoyed his job. And, and the sure. thing that's so funny is, cause he, uh, was into computer science and programming, and he really wanted me to go into computer science, which I was just, I really like two plus two is five. Why would I go into computer science? <laughs> yeah, you know?
3: That's, that's so common because everybody tends to follow careers that maybe their parents have done or other members of the family have done. And, um, I got a fascinating story, which I always like to share, and that is, um, I was called in to, to help with a senior partner at a company called, um, well, maybe I should have mentioned the company, but they were an auditing firm and, uh, worldwide, uh, branches all over the world. And they had a senior partner that wasn't performing. And, um, they called me in to come and assess as to what's going on. Why has this person lost their mojo? Why have they lost their passion for, for this job? And when I, when I tested this individual, um, typically we would expect them, especially in that sort of auditing financial world to come up with a very high financial interest, right? Um, but when I did the assessment um, the person's creative interest was a 10 out of 10 their financial interest was a 1 out of 10 and I asked, and I said why are you doing this job? And they said to me um, well, my father was in this career, and it paid him really well. So I thought I would follow his footsteps and take on a similar career. And I said, "Well, what would you rather be doing?" Because clearly you're unhappy in this role. He said, "You know, when I when I walk into a um, client's office, I'm more interested in the colour of the cushions on the couches and does the furniture match the curtains and do you have they used the use right paint on the wall?" And I said, "Well," clearly you have this creative mind and this sort of um, creative interest. What would you rather be doing? And he said, I'd rather be an interior decorator. Wow. <laughs> and so um, basically um, I was able to encourage this person to, well, follow that passion, follow that career because um, you're clearly doing something that is not making you happy. And they actually change, change jobs.
2: I didn't go into computer science, but I think in trying to please my dad, I went into aviation. That was my major in school. You know, it was interesting. I liked learning about all the the ways aircraft run and, you know, flight dynamics and all of that. But once I started working for the airlines, I was just like, oh. People are not happy when they fly. Like it was just sort of a drudgery job for me. And so I, yeah. I finally switched careers, but it was a struggle. The first three years, it was sort of okay at the airlines. And yeah. then the next yeah. six were miserable, but it took me six years to finally leave because I'm like, I have a degree in aviation. Yeah. What else am I supposed to do? So yeah, how yeah. do we explain to people you shouldn't have to wait six years or more in a job that you are miserable at before you change?
3: Exactly, exactly. Personally, I'm, I'm very good with numbers myself, and I, um, I always did well at school with numbers, and um, you know, math classes were easy for me. And I considered a, a career in engineering and a career which typically involved lots of numbers. But I was fortunate enough at a young age to have a discussion with somebody who basically does what I do now. And we were able to identify before I started signing up for college courses, before I started deciding on a, on a degree to go and study, we discovered early on that I, I had this passion for people. And I had this passion for helping and healing and curing and, and basically um, so you know, medicine comes up as an option, um, but then when I read more about clinical psychology, that just seemed to get my interest really attuned, um, and I, I was, I became very passionate about learning how the brain works and how people function and how personalities are different, and that's how I ended up in this profession. But so my, my recommendation is that we've got to have these conversations before people get into the workplace. And we've got it more effectively, and that's why I'm in the business of career testing, because when we have a college student or a high school student able to go through a process like this and start asking the questions, that is when we're able to find them the right career path and uh, not have them end up in a career for 10 years and then wake up one day and go, I don't think I'm happy (laughs) with what I'm doing. And you know what's amazing about COVID? and any kind of worldwide stressor. It's only when we are exposed to these kind of stressors that we start to have what's behind the mask or beneath the surface start to emerge, and people are starting to realize, I don't like what I'm doing. Um, I'm miserable. I'm sitting in my apartment, or so I'm sitting in my dining room. I've got uh, shorts on and a smart shirt having a, having a Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just I'm just not happy and maybe this is not fulfilling me enough. And it's amazing how the stress of that has brought to the surface a lot more questions from people. That's what I've noticed.
2: We do need to take a break. When we come back, I want to delve a little further into how a lack of passion actually affects your productivity on the sure. job and it could actually affect your pay as well. So we'll, exactly. be, we'll be right back with Colin Wilford. He's a career planning expert and counselor.
1: I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985,
2: Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that affects your life in any way money wise. We are talking about it. And today we're talking about how a lack of passion can affect your job and your pay. Joining me today is Colin Wilford. He is a career planning expert and a counselor with Wilford Schools. So in the last segment, we broke down about why people sometimes don't have a passion for their job. But what about the people who are in their job right now, they are just slogging through, they hate life, how does that affect their productivity in the workplace and can it affect their paycheck?
3: Absolutely. So interesting bit of research, Um, the company that designed one of the tools that I used to do these assessments on career matching and career planning, they found that out of the the workforce, there was only about 17% of the workforce that were what they call top performers. They were exceeding expectation. You know, they're the people who shoot the lights out of all their targets. They're always um, performing at a very high level. And 56 percent of people are actually just in that normal category where they, they're just doing what's expected of them and they, they get their paycheck and they're not doing enough to get all the uh, get rewards, but they're not doing um, badly enough to, to get laid off to get fired. And so it's quite scary how there's such a small percentage of the top performance. So what, good question. What do you do about those people that are in that 66% um, that are just not that happy and not that excited? And it certainly affects performance. Uh, I wrote an article for an HR magazine years ago, and we actually quantified how companies lose huge amounts of money because not only are they paying somebody to do an average job. So let's say somebody's on a paid Paycheck of a hundred grand a year, and uh, they just average performance so if you take sixty to sixty six percent of your workforce getting paid large amounts of money um, and not performing very well you, you're losing a lot of money as a company, and a very small percentage are actually making your targets and, and sort of helping you make profit.
2: If I got hired at a company for $100,000 and I'm one of those super performers and I'm helping the company bring in more money, but the company still just sticks me at $100,000, I mean, (laughs) am I supposed to ask for a raise or is the company going, oh, you're making us a lot of money, we're going to give you a raise, but that would take away from their profits. The person who's just who's like, okay, you hired me at $100,000, so I'm just going to do $100,000 worth of work and nothing more. How does that hurt anybody?
3: Well, there's an interesting concept in psychology called the law of the lid, and it comes from the the age-old story of, uh, you know, when you have a a jar full of fleas, and um, you put a lid on the jar, um, the fleas will always jump as high as what the lid is because they know they don't want to bump their heads, so they will jump just below the lid. And if you then take away the lid, all those fleas are very capable of jumping way beyond the list because they can jump 100 times more than their own body height. But they will only jump according to what where they've been um, hamstrung or where they've been limited to. So absolutely right. If I'm only paid X amount of money, and I'm only going to get paid that no matter what I do, why must I do more? You know, That's just human human psyche um, performing to what what you're going to be paying me at. But... Companies that are really smart, and uh, those that I've I've consulted to, and I've seen them doing this, they they say, right, um, this is the base pay, but if you exceed any of these expectations, this is the graded scale as to how much more we're going to pay you. It's amazing how those people um, continue to just keep outperforming everybody else because they're motivated by that. That becomes their passion. You know, that becomes what drives them in terms of being rewarded for for harder work.
2: How does an employer determine if one of their employees, they have a a lack of passion for their job? You mentioned you were called in at an accounting firm because somebody was not performing well. How did those employers figure out something wrong with the guy?
3: Well, good question. So there were a few things. The one was um, he just never was able to um, exceed any of the the basic uh, targets that were set. There was a lack of uh, enthusiasm and energy um, in the uh, the good old water fountain discussions, or in the in the breakaway rooms. This individual just didn't have the same drive and interest and passion and enthusiasm for what he was doing. And it starts to become noticeable. You know, people around you start to re- realize this, this guy is just not. Or this individual is just not seemingly fulfilled or happy in what they're doing. And so they started to notice just the behaviour. And certainly, the performance figures were very average. Um, and this individual was hired for a you know in very senior role, and they were expecting him to exceed and certainly achieve some very lofty goals, and just never got there.
2: We need to take one more break. When we come back, I want to go into how do we fix the problem? And maybe you can test me. Do I have passion for my job? I want to hear about this. We'll be right back with Colin Wilford. He is a career planner expert at Wilford Schools. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about if you have a lack of passion for your job. Joining me today is Colin Wilford. He is a career planning expert and a counselor at Wilford Schools. Colin, in the last couple of segments, we discussed how to know sort of if you have a lack of passion for your job, and especially if employers need to know that so maybe they can fix it. But how does somebody fix or do you do that? I mean, is there a way, let's say I'm the accountant sure. that you met with earlier. Can you make me have passion for, for the job I'm already in or is there no hope? Do I have to just switch careers?
3: Well, That's a good question. So my, my first prize solution is to actually have someone like myself come in and actually do an assessment. And with that assessment, we measure three key areas. We, we measure cognitive ability. So we measure your learning and problem solving ability. We also measure your full personality in terms of um, your style of behaving um, or, you know, how you show up in the workplace and another term we like to use. And then least, but certainly not, I mean, last but certainly not least, we measure what you actually are passionate about and what you're interested in. And, um, you know, for so many centuries, not centuries, for so many decades, companies have been testing personality, they've been testing ability, but they don't test for passion. And in our process, we, we like to do all three, and I, I would love to do the assessment on you if you Sure. if you actually are well suited to, to yes. what you're Yes,
2: I will be your guinea pig. I'm happy about this.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we can certainly do that. So, what I, what I typically find in an assessment like that, and it comes back to your question. We may find that the person actually does have passion and interest in what they're doing, but they just lost their motivation temporarily because maybe they're not being rewarded. Maybe they're having an issue with the manager at work. Maybe they are um, just finding it difficult to work within the team that they're working in. And all these things start to affect motivation and start to affect their, their commitment to their job. And if we find that they actually do have an interest in that area, we can then help resolve those peripheral problems and bring them back to succeeding in the area that they're passionate about. Or we discover that they actually have a different passion. And what I typically do in the career counseling process is I discuss practically with them, well, what do we do now? You know, you're sitting in this accounting job. You actually are never going to be happy doing this. And let's just face that reality right now. Let's talk about a transition. Let's talk about how we're going to get you into your interior decorating job like we used the example before. Let's talk about how we're going to move you across in a safe, financially smart, and obviously a a viable way. Um, So two things in summary. We either either uh, discover how to reignite the passion, or we discover the true passion and we help them transition into that role.
2: I think this is a perfect time if you do want to transition because there is a shortage of workers almost across the board in almost every industry. Now, there are some that are that are full, obviously, but because of where we are right now economically and the amount of jobs that are needed, it's the perfect time to figure out if you aren't liking your job right now. What should you be doing and how do you get there, whether you have to take classes or go back to school for a whole other degree? Can you stick out the job you have now to help pay for your new schooling? Or I think this is a perfect opportunity for people to really assess whether they want to stay where they are.
3: It is. And let me show you another interesting story. So um, I got approached by a a middle-aged man recently. He's just been laid off for the second time um, because, you know, with COVID, there were so many companies laying off people. And he was one of those unlucky ones who got laid off twice. And he just said to me, Colin, I, I, keep, I keep going back to the same career. And obviously, they're laying off people that maybe they think are not performing as well. And they're keeping them on for the top performers. Maybe I'm in the wrong profession. Maybe I'm in the wrong job. And um, so he was a a forced situation where he had to take a hard look at, you know, what what career he had chosen. And what actually came out of the assessment was he was not ideally suited to that career that he was in. And he was more better suited into going into his own business and doing a very different type of product because that's what really blew his hair back. And for the first time as a 45-year-old male, he was able to, to realize, wow, I've been doing... The wrong thing for so long, and so coming back to your point, you know, he was forced to have a hard look at it. Whereas it really is a good time right now. Um, if I want job security, if I want job success, if I want to never be affected by a world pandemic again, maybe I should rather be doing what I what I'm really good at and what I'm really passionate about.
2: Can you tell me if I'm suited for my job?
3: <laughs> I certainly can, but we need to assess you first. I mean. By the sounds of things, the way you engage socially, the way you uh, ask the questions, you certainly do this very well, but you never know. Maybe you should rather be uh, studying engineering and getting back to your numbers ability or becoming an IT person.
2: <laughs> so how long does an assessment take? I mean, is this something like you hook people up to electrodes and you watch my brain light up on a screen no. <laughs> or what? <laughs> no,
3: it's very simple. We, we simply email you a link and you click on the link online from your email then go online and, and do the assessment, and it takes about an hour to an hour and a half at most, and there's about 314 questions, oh, wow. and they cover all the areas around cognition, language, math ability, reasoning ability, personality, behavioral traits, interests, passions, and once we have all of that completed, I simply then take your results and compare them to different job profiles and see which ones you best mesh up with, and make sure that you're in the right career.
2: Do individuals come to you for help, or just companies, or both?
3: Both. both. Anybody can come. I had a teacher um, calling me out of the blue the other day and going, I'm sitting at home, teaching from behind the screen. I'm not sure I'm really enjoying this anymore. What else should I be looking at? <laughs> oh, wow. And so we, we discovered that she had a very, very high creative passion. And not only was her, her passion aligned, but her personality, her ability to work independently, her ability to go off and manage herself um, in a whole creative, artistic world. And so that's one of the areas that she's now considering as a career path.
2: If I come to you, Colin, and say, okay, I'm ready to be tested, how much are you going to charge me?
3: I'm going to charge you $150 to do the full assessment and to get the feedback from myself.
2: And then, what if we discover I have some deep-seated psychological defect? Do you then have to counsel me, and that's more money?
3: Well, then we uh, we get a, order you a jacket with long sleeves so we can pass behind your back, and we admit you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, obviously, with that situation, we would then recommend you know sessions where we can address those areas, and those get obviously charged out individually at the at the standard rate of what therapy would cost or counseling would cost.
2: All right. Well, what I learned today is, first of all, find out if you're passionate about your job. Or like you said, I, yes. felt, I thought that was interesting that maybe you still have a passion for it, but you just lost the motivation. And I hadn't passion. thought of that before. So do you still love the actual job you do? You just don't like who you're talking to every day?
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, um, number one reason people leave jobs is, is the manager, the, the person who manages them.
2: Colin, if people do want to get in touch with you, whether as an individual or maybe someone who owns a company is there, how would somebody get a hold of you?
3: They so Simply go to um uh, uh, which is the website, or they can um, contact me directly, and, and it's colin.wilford at wilfridskulls.com. And that's an easy way to get hold of us. Yeah. Thank
2: you so much, Colin Wilford. Again, you are a career planner and expert and a counselor at Wilford Schools. So thank you so much for helping us understand a little bit more about passion in the job.
3: Thank you. It's been very nice to be here. Appreciate it.
1: Twitter, and Instagram.
2: A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But
1: violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson,
2: and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade, Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.